We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I am DJ Kissel, and this is a live show, if you haven't figured that out. So we appreciate you for joining us here on this Thursday night. This is a brand new thing that we are going to be doing here at KC Sports Network. We had one earlier this week on Monday night at 6.30 with the KC Laboratory going live. And now every Thursday night at 6.30, you will get Outside the Trenches with myself and these two gentlemen, Nick Leckie, former K-State All-American and Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, and Tucker Franklin, our fearless podcast producer at KC Sports Network. And so we appreciate, again, everybody for joining us live. Feel free, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're on Twitter or Periscope or Facebook, wherever you're watching, shoot us questions. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, we've got a fun show, and uh, Field Yates from ESPN Fantasy Football is going to join us here in a little bit. Uh, but before we get into all of that good stuff and we break down to the Chiefs-Browns Week 1 game, it is finally, almost finally here. Before we get it all to that, I want to welcome in our guys. Start with you, Nick. How goes it, man? And you're things? right. You're, you're right, BJ. We are one step closer to September 20th when Jack Stack moves into my backyard about freaking time on the, the Axis Nexus of Western Western Kansas City. It, it is 435 and Lenexa. So it's 435 and 87th Street. And I cannot wait for it to go in. It's perfect. I, I drive by it all the time. It's got the sign up, and I'm going to get some Crown Prime beef ribs, and I'm going to ask him for a big bowl of the hickory pit beans, and that's going to be my meal. And I'm going to dip the meat into the beans uh, like a caveman, and it'll be glorious. September 20th, mark your calendars. You cannot go wrong, and I know Jack Stack has been waiting for that day for a very, very long time for that location to open up. It's in a perfect spot. You see it. Anybody driving on 435 on that side of town drives right past it with three and two right down the field. Uh, I don't have a feeling that they're going to be too have too much trouble being busy over there. Another guy doesn't have much trouble being busy lately. Tucker Franklin. Kind of a Tucker, big week, isn't it? it? Is a big yeah. I, I'm, I'm going, going good. I can't wait for that Jack stack to open. I've been on that keto grind. Uh, so I'm just going to eat all the meat that they have. Um, I was actually down at the plaza um, and I went to the Apple store and I could smell Jack Stack. And I wanted to go there for lunch. And I was just going to go in there and say, give me all the meat. Um, and all I would it. just eat all, every meat. It's like that scene in Parks and Rec where Kent, or Kent Swanson, that's funny. Uh, Ron Swanson <laughs> says, uh, give me all your bacon and eggs. That's essentially what I do at every restaurant now is give me all your meat. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not a damn. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. No, I, I think that that's the way you got to do it too. To be to be slim for what next next um, swimsuit season? Because it's parka oh. season coming up, mm-hmm. and that should be paint, painting your body at Chiefs games. We got to thank everybody that watched uh, the video that we put out on social media of Tucker Franklin and the Tommy Townsend, the thirty-five yes. yard punt for the Tommy Townsend jersey. For anyone who's watching, who didn't see it, Tucker cleared it pretty pretty easily. Had at least seven yards. Tommy. I have, really? a, I, have really? a, I have an update from Tommy. Yes. He said, <laughs> oh, yes. Me sure. He said, let's go. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yes. Great job, man. I love that. Sorry. I'm just seeing this. I'm not a big Twitter person. LOL. That's awesome though. I'm glad you won the Jersey because I was going to have to buy you one. If you didn't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, you would have been got a game used one. Damn. No, maybe I shouldn't have came up with it. Maybe that's the deal. 
that's on you. Yeah, I would look at this big spot, wait for it. So now I got to fill it with something else. That's Damn true. it. Mm. All right. And like we have talked about before with this particular show, um, this one is live. So if you have questions, please let us know what those questions are. But before we have Field Yates, who's going to join us here in just about 10 minutes, I do want to get some thoughts on this upcoming game, guys, because we've been talking about it for months. You talk about the Chiefs offensive line, all the different storylines. Give me one player, and it, don't tell me Patrick Mahomes. He's off limits. But give me one player who, who you're in particular really excited to watch or you're really invested in in this game on Sunday to seeing how they perform. Man, uh, I'll, I'll go first, and I'm just going to say Niang. It's his, uh, kind of his second year in the league. You know, he took last year off for COVID and to rest that hip after after he had to get that surgery as uh, senior year. And so I think that Niang, and then he's going to be tested by Miles Garrett and Jadivon Clowney if he plays. Yeah. And I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, okay, we're going to go after you, Lucas. We're going to see what you got, see what you're all about. And then I'll be curious to see if if the enemy and Andy and Andy have to uh, give him tight end chip help. Uh, have to use the running backs for chip help, or that you can say, hey, listen, we want to see what you're made of. Week one, may maybe not the first series, but maybe the second series. Say, okay, you know what? Maybe we got a two-minute drive to end the first half. Let's see if you can go one-on-one -on -one versus the, these two formidable top top five defensive end for sure in Miles Garrett, and then Jadevon Clowney is always uh, trouble for any any tackle. For sure. I mean, Chuck, that, guy's, that guy's a stud. Um, I think that I'm going to be most looking forward to how Ben Neiman plays. Uh, Craig Stout brought this up on the KC Lab, and I thought it was a really good point. Like it or not, Ben Neiman's going to be out there just because of the situation with Willie Gay. Nick Bolton really young, so they're not going to throw him out there as the dime linebacker. Uh, so we'll see how all that plays out, but I think Ben Neiman is really the guy I'm, looking, I'm, I'm watching heavily. Yeah, and one guy that I haven't heard a lot about because it just seems, excuse me, like he become became an afterthought throughout this season, but we saw it at times during training camp, and we've seen it when push comes to shove, guys like, and I'm talking about Demarcus Robinson, and these are the guys that he's got a good rapport with Patrick Mahomes and that we saw it during training camp. These are the things that I, you know, overanalyze and look into are some of those broken plays where they're scrambling that Patrick Mahomes and Demarcus Robinson, for whatever reason, just seem to be on a better page when things break down of seeing it the same way. And not that we don't overanalyze the McCole Hardman, Patrick Mahomes, did they get together in the off season and they throw, do they see it the same way? Everybody's talked about that. I've you know brushed it off saying, you know what, they're going to be fine, but you can't take away the fact that Demarcus Robinson has been in this offense for a while and at times has been that guy during some of those broken plays that has stepped up and made some big third down catches. And he is a guy that this is a huge season for him. You know, Sammy Watkins leaves. Everybody's wondering who's going to be the guy that steps up and, and nobody's really threw Demarcus's name out there, but it's not, it shouldn't shock anyone if he's the one out there making some big time receptions on third down because of how much attention Tyreek and Travis Kelsey are going to get. I see Demarcus Robinson make some, making some big key catches in this game, or at least having the opportunity to make some big key catches in this game. Again, for all the reasons we talk about of his ability when the play breaks down to know where to go and where Patrick Mahomes knows he's going to be. You're going up against Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, uh, Malik McDowell is making plays up front. That front is going to be disruptive. And if they're going to be disruptive, we know Patrick Mahomes can get away from it. And that's when you have those broken plays and you have to follow those rules so they know where to go and where Patrick Mahomes knows they're going and all that. So Demarcus Robinson's my guy. Uh, Nick, give me another storyline, something that you're looking forward to watching. We're just going to keep going around in circle until Field Yates is ready to go. Well, I think something that you kind of hit upon with Demarcus Robinson is, is you see uh, coming over from uh, Baltimore – uh, Sammy Watkins talking about how he was that decoy man, how he was that, that prop man, how he was setting up. And, and I always love when, when players feel like they're kind of jilted by teams and they sort of let, let their truths sail or kind of tell it like it is. So that's why I'm always curious to see whenever I hear him speaking over Baltimore about his time in Kansas city. And we're going to see who's that guy who's going to step up and say, Hey, uh, who, who's going to be that decoy. Uh, who's going to get uh, Tyreek open, who's going to get Travis open. And sometimes you have to, on a team, especially with guys who are going to be, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers, that you got to have a role to play. And I want to see, you know, is it going to be Pringle? Is it going to be D-Rob? You know, is it going to be McColl? Who's going to be that setup man? You know, who's going to yeah. do that job and, and relish in that position for this offense to flourish? Yeah. 
I, I, another one guy I'm looking forward to, and I think is almost a, a same answer as to saying Patrick Mahomes at this point is Travis Kelsey. I mean, that dude had a historic year as a tight end last year. I I can't wait to see him embarrass safeties, big body linebackers, and just do that little half spin that he does when he catches the ball. And it's almost like a dream shake, you know? He like catches it and <laughs> goes one way and the other. So it's it's a move that that he probably taught at the old tight end U. Uh, they had that thing going on. Tim Tebow sadly didn't get invited, but he didn't even get invited to an NFL team after week uh, after the first round of cuts. But um, yeah, that was that was a little harsh. I like Tim Tebow too, so I don't know why I did that. So I like that. Tim, Tim, you don't like him, yeah. Tim Tebow. You don't like him. You don't like uh, him. Anybody eats a bowl full of guac at an autograph signing um, for for yes, protein is just too dedicated for me. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's that's a stretch here, BJ. i'm gonna switch to the other side of the ball we can end up going through every position group here because we're nerds and we care about this stuff and we're gonna break down the entire chiefs roster but you know we talk about chiefs offensive line talked about that so much but the cornerbacks that was the group during the preseason for me that i really had an eye on and i went on record saying i thought they were going to bring in a veteran uh for the longest time because there were a lot of young guys in that room and felt like they needed some veteran, one of those Josh Norman, Richard Sherman, or maybe not a Mark Marquis Marquiesque name. I don't know if that's a word uh, name like that. And a guy that's played at a high level before, yeah. but then you saw the way that Mike Hughes and we know what Legarius needs a, a blossoming star. He was kind of already pegged as like, he's going to be what, he, whatever he's going to become. He's got that, locked down but a guy like deandre baker and mike hughes uh rashad fenton we know Traverius traverius ward was going to be out there but mike hughes and uh deandre baker really stood out to me in the preseason as guys that wouldn't just you'd feel comfortable with if they got a shot but look like they could really add something to the defense particularly with their physicality and you're going up against we're going to talk about it every week but you go up against Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to score points. If Baker Mayfield wants to be seen in that top five, top 10 quarterback type way, which he played like last year, if we're giving him all the credit, he put up at a fantastic season. He's got to come up and make big time plays and put up 30, 35 points on the road in a game like this, which means guys like DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes, Traverius Ward, Legereus Need are going to get chances to make plays on the ball. And hopefully Tyron Matthew can play. We don't know how that's going to play itself out with uh, with the COVID situation and his deal of not practicing. But uh, the cornerbacks are something I'm going to watch because you know they're going to get a chance to make a play on the ball uh, because, you know, they're going to have to score. You know, I, I, I think that in lieu of, uh, you know, we've always loved Ward for his, his physical play as a cornerback, which is, you know, like we say, a buy one, get one free, right? And so we're going to be tested. I think this is probably one of my favorite running back duos in the league is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And you want to talk about two ferocious Mack trucks who run with authority is both those guys. And, and just that one-two punch of them and combined with this, with this you know, Cleveland offensive line that's top five. I mean, they got some yeah. studs, you know, they've assembled a crew, a really good crew of, of offensive linemen. So uh, they're going to get tested. So we're going to see, you know, how physical this, this uh, back four, back five can get. And then, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Tucker, with, with um, Willie Gay not playing, you know, he's, he's that primary run guy. So Hitch is going to have a, a big, big time step up. And then, you know, Neiman Bolton, you know, see who gets in a mix. And then this entire front four from Kansas City is going to get tested as well. So it's 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 really going to be a, a trench battle with a uh, with an air show over top with both these squads. So this I don't know why the hell this ain't that that premier premier game to be honest right. with you guys. I mean this is this is the more the more I look at the both these teams. I mean these are going to be the teams that this could be an AFC Championship sort of uh, match right now that that we're seeing. And I'm I'm jealous with the 11 a.m. parking lots being open. You don't get a lot of 3:25 kickoffs at Arrowhead. Like you, it just you don't. You got to get it there at seven o'clock in the morning if you're gonna tailgate all day. Back in like 2013, when I was out there with my bottle of Patron and like my straw, everybody <laughs> that knew me as the degenerate before wow. uh, I started working there. I had some tweets I had to delete, guys. Okay, I'm just being For honest. Sure. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I think you get out there at 11 o'clock, you get the prime of the day. I haven't looked at the weather, but I'm sure it's going to be beautiful. Uh, and, you know, I put out on Twitter earlier today that, um, you know, we had a special announcement that we were going to put on this show. And, guys, I feel like it's a better time than any. Tucker, I think you know a little bit about this. Uh, Nick, I think you actually are hearing this for the first time. But um, 
sorry, my phone is ringing. Ken Swanson is trying to call. It's the love. Gotta love the live show. Shouldn't um, he know we're live? I no think kidding. He should know that. Like, is there a problem going on? I feel like Tucker, you'd be the one telling me. Right. Yeah. The one I thing that I do want to say with the uh, special announcement is that we have a new partner. We have added our tenth partner at KC Sports Network, and that is no other than Tickets for Less. Yes. They're hooking us up, and they're going to give us yes. an opportunity to have different. Um, discount codes throughout the season. You go to Tickets for Less, you want to buy Chiefs tickets, you put in KCSN21 and you will have a discount. It will be the de- best discount you can find anywhere. It will always be that. Um, it does change a little bit uh, depending upon the time. So somewhere around 10%. Sometimes it could be a little bit more depending upon the game. But they are going to be sponsors. You're going to hear us talking about Tickets for Less. But every Friday, they are going to be the title sponsor of our game preview article that's got all the cool breakdowns that we do at KC Sports Network with Craig Stout, Ken Swanson, Matt Lane, Tucker, myself, everybody who's involved on the writing side. Um, that Friday article that comes out, we're making free for everybody. And there will always be a link in there to get you the best discount you can through Tickets for Less if you want to go to a Chiefs game. So, um, we'll be able to hook you up there, and then we'll be able to give tickets away during the season. We've got some other autographed memorabilia we'll be able to get out. So really excited to work with Tickets for Less. I've known uh, a couple of guys over there for a long time, so excited to work with them in some capacity. That's huge. BJ, where do I go to buy the uh, the Kansas State Wildcats National Championship game? Tickets for Less? Ooh, you're going to go to Tickets for Less. And okay. if you would like to start a, a K-State Substack, um, you can do that, Nick. You can start writing about the Cats. <laughs> I think I could I can manage that. That'd be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, they definitely look good. They definitely look good. I would subscribe. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it'd be a lot of fun for sure. Uh, so, uh, uh, Tucker, what's yeah. uh, what's something from a special teams perspective? Has has Tommy told you anything uh, about about what what he's looking to do on Sunday, or is he planning on not even kicking or punting at all because the offense is going to be so dynamic? And yeah, so I can't. Amazing. I can't imagine that Tommy anticipates playing a whole lot because Patrick Mahomes is just going to score all the touchdowns, I think, in the world. So uh, that's kind of his plan. I think that's the Chiefs' plan. A good day for him is not having to punt. (laughs) It's happened. It's happened with the Andy Reid-Mahomes era. It really has happened. All right. And we're going to bring him in now because we are joined by uh, none other than former Kansas City uh, resident, and current fantasy football expert from ESPN, Field Yates. Uh, tell the story, Field. I know you don't have a lot of time. I'll tell the story about how good of a dude you are. As soon as you're done, I'll sing your praises. But Field Yates of ESPN, man, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sorry for the confusion here. It's been one of those nights. And, uh, BJ, you know how this stuff goes, right? I mean, you guys oh, know yeah. how this happens, right? It's like every time you think you have your schedule sized up, you don't. Uh, so duty uh, was thrust upon me just a few minutes ago. Not too many things I enjoy more than talking about the great Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we're just going to steal a few minutes of your time, but I know the questions that people want to know, obviously about the Chiefs and your perspective of somebody who covers the entire National Football League. Not that Chiefs fans would get out over their skis and think a little too highly of themselves and how good they are right now, as much as we've said, hey, enjoy this, enjoy the relevance, enjoy being good every year. Uh, it's always nice to get an outside perspective from somebody and I know there'll be a little bit of fantasy slant there, but uh, just from a 50,000 foot view field, what are your thoughts on where the chiefs are at right now, what they did this off season and what kind of season uh, fans can expect and what to look for uh, some of those checkpoints to, to make sure they're on the right track. Third straight year. I've been thinking of the chiefs to win the super bowl. I've been right. I guess one of the two so far, you know, and I don't know that's going to change much over the next decade or so with Patrick Mahomes in their center, but they addressed their biggest need in a significant way. And we talked all about the big money acquisitions along the offensive line, Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney specifically, but it sounds like they may have landed themselves a steal in Trey Smith as well, a guy who medically had some issues during college that dropped his stock a little bit, but big, powerful guard. And all of a sudden this Chiefs team that not – I didn't think the offensive line was bad when it was healthy last year. You know, Mitch Schwartz and Eric Fisher were darn good players for a long time. Super Bowl winners and Pro Bowl are all pro-level players, but it's a different type of offensive line. A lot more movement up front, I think you can, you can suspect, suspect. And not that Patrick isn't mobile and not that Patrick can't make something out of nothing, but when your quarterback is coming off of toe surgery and when you're thinking about the long-term of his future, you know, his long-term future, I should say, then – any chance you have to invest in the offensive line is going to usually pay off. So I think the Chiefs' biggest 
most obvious weakness coming into the preseason or coming into the season, I should say, was solved in a major way. We'll see what happens in terms of how players like Trey Smith perform once the real lights come on. But I have no doubt about a guy like Joe Tooney, steady as they come. And I think Orlando Brown, athletic enough for a man of his size to probably adjust to what is a very different stylistic offense here in Kansas City uh, as compared to what he's used to in Baltimore. So with, with this offense line being revamped and when you see like a strong offensive line such as the Chiefs have uh, combined with the weapons available, uh, what's your tendency to, to recommend people to, to go push all your chips into every single skill player with the Chiefs? <laughs> yeah, so Travis Kelsey is the first non-running back that comes off the board in basically every fantasy draft that I do. And he's a hard player to get your hands on because you got to have a high, high pick to uh, the opportunity to play in the most consistent fantasy football for the past five years. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will be the top drafted quarterback in basically every league that I'm in as well. No surprise there. The upside is as good as anybody else in the NFL. He and Josh Allen are sort of a tier on points-per-game basis. Last season, both present the opportunity for, I don't know, 50 touchdowns and 5,000, heck, 6,000 yards. Now they play 17 games. And then beyond that, oh, Tyreek Hill, obviously, as well. Tyreek Hill is going in the top 20 picks of basically every draft that I play in. If you're looking at the top three wide receivers coming into this year, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, in some order. Usually Adams is going first, but those three kind of have a tier unto themselves relative to what is the most or what is the deepest position in fantasy. So speaks to the ability there. And then we'll see, right? You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a good player. There's no doubt. He had a pretty unique skill set coming out of LSU. But the Chiefs weren't that much worse for the wear without having him be a dominant player last year. He was a good player. But he wasn't a dominant player. It didn't really impact them that much. Maybe things are better this year behind that offensive line, but I have seen some good things from Derek McKinnon. I think Darrell Williams will always just be one of those sort of lunch pail kind of running backs that the Chiefs are going to rely upon in key situations. It's not going to be a box score hero, but – when the Chiefs need a blitz pickup or the Chiefs need a third and one, got to have a situation, you know, he's going to be there. So I think the, uh, the the first three, though, really the focus, Mahomes, Kelsey, and certainly Tyreek Hill as well. And I, I know it's a question because Chiefs fans always joke about it, especially if it's an auction draft or a snake draft, however you do it. But w- at what point is too early to take Patrick Mahomes? Like as a, you know, I as think as the a first person. two rounds is too early for a quarterback. Only and it has okay. nothing to do with Patrick Mahomes. It just – and I always tell people you have to kind of think of it like, I know, but you know, you got to think of it like real estate, right? If yeah. you had the option to buy a house and the house was available for, for whatever, $100,000, but if you were told that you could wait and risk, you know, let's say wait a month from now, but it would be the same exact house would be available for 80K or a house that looks just like that house would be available for 79K. Would you do it? You probably would, right? Like, because it's not like if you don't draft Patrick Mahomes, there aren't good quarterbacks available, even if you're a huge Chiefs fan. But one thing I always remind people is that it's your fantasy team. Do as you see fit. You're not going to lose your draft or lose your league because you draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round. There are plenty of reasons to draft Patrick Mahomes early in your draft. There are also reasons to want to wait until at least the third round. I tend to subscribe to those reasons, whether we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, the top quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen and you're a Bills fan, whether it's, you know, Aaron Rodgers and you're a Packers fan, patience is a good thing at quarterback. Yeah. And then uh, so with, with the prevalence of like the weekly fantasy football uh, and everything like that, how do you sort of um, how do you gauge who you're going to get? Is it like defense? Is it weather? Like is it away teams, home teams? Who's hurt? Who's not? Like what's like that biggest X factor to you to say, oh, yes, I, I like this person right now. I always tell people that as a fantasy analyst, there's very little information that I have available to me that you don't have available to you. The difference is it's my job to take every bit of information that is available, either publicly or privately, and take it, process it, jumble it all into one ball, and then throw that ball out into the universe with an assigned score to it, right? So... Hey, you know, Patrick Mahomes is easy. You're going to start him every week that you have him. But let's say you're deciding between, you know, Mecole Hardman is, is a flex option versus, you know, Kadarius Toney, the Giants' first-round pick. Maybe you're saying to yourself, all right, let's see. So Mecole Hardman, number two wide receiver potentially in this offense, has had five targets in four of his past five games, but playing against a bad defense, playing 
you know, in a dome where there's no concerns about weather, fast track, things like that. Hey, Tyree kills, uh, you know, been a little bit, you know, he's been overworked recently. So, you know, the Chiefs are going to be mindful of his snap count, whatever the circumstances are. You're taking all that information and then processing it out by telling people, all right, here's what I would do. Whereas some people, they, they see McCole Hardman and the only point of reference they have is the projections, which are an incredible resource that are done by ESPN, the great Mike Clay. But they don't know what the root of those projections is. Is it because, like, why 10 versus 12? Why 8 points versus 10 points? So um, it's it's basically taking as many factors as are available and trying to contextualize what they mean and how relevant they are or are not. Because sometimes you're sitting there and you're just like, wait, like, you know, the guy posted an Instagram photo with, you know, Patrick Mahomes posted an Instagram photo with Demarcus Robinson. It does not mean I need to start the Marcus Robinson, right? Like, it's cool yes, that they're friends, but it doesn't guarantee he's going to have a touchdown this weekend. I, I love the insight. You have to take all the information, and that is information that you have to take in to figure out what you want to put out there. And I, I love the fact that I love the temperament that you have in a position where it feels like everybody in the world thinks they're an expert at fantasy football. And you literally are the expert at fantasy football and have to tell people that. So hey, I want to ask you know, like, I feel like everybody is sort of an expert, but everybody is also sort of like, you know, I get it. Like it's, I don't know if anybody is, I don't know if anybody out there that could truly be like year over year, the guy in fantasy football like the person in fantasy football it's a hard thing to do sometimes yeah all right field i know you got to get going so i want to ask you one more thing and it's not necessarily chiefs related but it is nfl and it's topical today because of the news coming out of baltimore with gus edwards potentially having the the serious injury with jk dobbins already being injured already have another guy so is this the Le'Veon bell week two revenge game against the kansas city chiefs is is he a guy because you and I hopped on this exact podcast when Le'Veon Bell joined the Chiefs and we talked about like, hey, maybe he's going to be used. Maybe they can get something out of him. It did not work out that way. He said some stuff and now he ends up in Baltimore and it looks like he may be the guy going into a primetime matchup against the Chiefs in week two. What's your fantasy I advice? Be wrong, for you? <laughs> I could be wrong. And I've been wrong in the past. Don't don't worry about that. I'll be wrong again in the future. You can't work there. Where spacing should be your friend, as long as the defense is paying attention to you, if it can't work in Kansas City, I don't know where it's working, gentlemen. I just, you know, I, I he's made a ton of money. He's had a great career. He's accomplished way more in his life, over accomplished mine. But I, I don't think this is the young lady on Bell. If it tells anybody anything about you, feel that may be the meanest thing I've ever heard you say about anyone. That's just the truth. Anybody ever. That's the truth. It's all it is. Can't get mad at the truth. That's right. Yes, no doubt. And Field, again, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man. Again, that is Field. Thank you, guys. Fantasy football. A good dude, and I am going to share that story of me walking around Torrey Pines chatting with you on the phone a long, long time ago. Uh, It's a good man. Again, Field, thank you, buddy. appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I've got two minutes till my next commitment. And the last thing – the last thing before the season begins, it is a day of, uh, you know, it's it's the start of the NFL season. That's what we do, right? Yes, this is, is a beautiful day. I think everybody that is a football-watching person, no matter what team you root for, woke up a little bit happier today knowing that uh, there's a game on and it counts and that there's going to be fans and it, it's just it, some semblance of norm. We need something to bring us all together right now, man, and uh, that's definitely it. Well, thank so, you for having you know, me, guys. Let's enjoy the season. All right. Thanks, Phil. We'll chat again soon. We appreciate all of your time. All right. We'll, all right, guys. Let, we'll let Field go. We'll bring Tucker back in here because I know the next segment, <clears throat> fucking blind nil. <laughs> it's just going to be a it's thing. A thing. You know, it, I, knew, uh, I knew it was going to be a thing since the moment you hated it from, from, from day one. I can't hide it. I wear my, I, you know what? I can't fake it. I can't fake any of this stuff. But uh, again, we talked about it earlier. Uh, tickets for less, the new partner. Uh, buy tickets, KCSN 21. Uh, it'll give you a discount on tickets uh, to make sure you guys are taken care of. And they don't ever have any fees or any of that stuff. They're good people. They'll take care of you. Uh, no BS with them.
So uh, get your tickets from Tickets for Less. And again, every Friday, we'll be posting on all of our social media channels the link to our game preview article that we are making free for everyone. And it's the kind of content you will get if you pay that $50 a year now uh, subscription for our daily newsletters with all kinds of analysis. Uh, but we'll make sure to get that link in there for that. Now we're ready for Blind Nail. Nick, we're going to start with you. What is your segment? Anybody for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what this is, we each bring a topic. We don't know what everybody brought, and we spend five, six minutes discussing it. It could be anything regarding something loosely connected to week one, Chiefs, Browns, something or other. And so we'll see what kind of connection Nick is going to make right here. And all my spades players out there know what the hell blind nil is, unlike these two gentlemen right here that I share the honor of the screen with. All right, my blind nil. And it's kind of a week two, week one question. So if you look at Kansas City, they, they, they host Cleveland, and then next week at Baltimore. And then you look at Cleveland, they go to Kansas City, and then they host Houston. <laughs> How much of an element, and I know as a former player, you're never looking ahead, but I mean, that that matchup, I mean, this is for the Chiefs. These are two two matchups. And then if you're looking for Cleveland, it's Houston. You know, you got Clowney, who has, you know, been on that team before in the past. How, how much of a difference will that week two affect week one, even though players are focused on week one? How much of a difference will that make? To That's tough to compartmentalize. It's the Duke Johnson revenge game. Come on. <laughs> is Duke Johnson still there? Is he still in Houston? I don't even know. Uh, I don't either. I don't know if it makes too much of a difference because like like you said, I think the guys compartmentalize their their jobs and their roles so much that they don't think beyond the next meeting that they have because they don't want to go into that meeting, get called out and say the wrong stupid thing. When you have expectations, you know you're going to be good. They're, they were always so locked in and I know we talk about it with the Chiefs and Andy Reid and the way that he runs things. Uh, and a lot of times it comes off like almost cliche when they talk about it with a microphone in their face. But even when you talk to these guys now, like go listen to Mike and Jeff talk about it. Yeah. They were always prepared. They were always worried about making sure they were prepared for the next meeting so they didn't look bad. And then you just you have that kind of expectation every day to make sure you always know what's going on. Uh, you don't think too far ahead uh, the way that fans do. Uh, and when it comes to Houston, like who knows if Sean Watson steps up and is going to play quarterback, it's a completely different team. So you don't know when he's going to get out on the field if at ever, but my two cents, Tucker, what do you think? I found that one-on-one podcast very interesting because there's a lot of insight there that you don't usually hear about what goes into a normal week and just how much film those guys watch on just like a daily basis and even a weekly basis. You're just like, Holy cow. They know the tendencies of Mike DeVito was talking about when they line up with a back near him in I formation, what percent run it was going to be and what gap it was going to be in. Cause he would just watch all that film. They would know all that stuff. I thought that was absolutely wild. And that makes me kind of think, okay, in the Sandy Reed in the Sandy Reed system, the Sandy Reed led team, he doesn't let you get so far ahead out in front of your skis, so to speak, and think about Mm -hmm. these other teams because you're so focused on this team. I think they're going to be really focused on kind of silencing some haters in this week one game. It's kind of the same, same path last week or last year, I should say, right? When the Texans were in town, like, oh, the Texans should be pretty good. This was a game where, you know, the Texans blew a lead. (laughs) This game should be interesting. And they came and bopped them. I mean, I think it's going to kind of be the same situation where Browns could be pretty good. This could be a good team. This could be a good game. The Chiefs will come out and bop them. Uh, Just because they're so hyper-focused on it seems like this first week of the season. And, and again, the Lab guys mentioned it in in their game preview. If you haven't listened to that, go to that KCSN uh, podcast feed. You can listen to them preview the game there. And they just said, hey, people are counting out Andy Reid too much. Uh, He is good in week one. He is good off of a bye. When you give him time to prepare, he is dangerous. So I don't think it's too big of a – it is two big matchups right in a row, but I think they will almost welcome that challenge. And as you mentioned, Cleveland's getting a matchup and a half in two games. So uh, that Texans game is going to not be very good. (laughs) That's that's a good point. That's a really good point. I just can't imagine a scenario in which an Andy Reid led Chiefs came Chiefs team comes out in week in week one and doesn't play well. And I can't imagine a I don't think there's a scenario if the Chiefs play well for them, 
Browns aren't going to beat them. I don't think there's maybe but two teams in the NFL that the Chiefs play well are good enough that they play their best are still able to go beat them. Now, if the Chiefs don't play their best, Cleveland is one of those yeah. teams that could still jump up and bop them, as Tucker would say. <laughs> um, but I just can't imagine with the offseason, the way that these guys are locked in, the way that they're thinking playing at home, I just can't imagine they come out and don't play well in this game. But if they do – and Cleveland comes out and wins this game, man, that week two game at Baltimore is going to mean a lot because you cannot – I talked about this on the radio with 101 The Fox with Slacker earlier today. You cannot go 0-2 to start in the AFC. This is not a cross-division NFC game. That is tiebreaker, like, bad. Yeah. Like, that is not going to – you cannot make up going 0-2 uh, without winning out, um, knowing that there's going to be some other teams in the AFC that that make a run. And Cleveland being one of those teams, especially now with all the injury problems that Baltimore's having at running back, uh, we're going to figure out a lot about what picking up a running back off the street means for an entire season because they are <laughs> hurting right now. I was about to call my guy Sharkandrick <laughs> and right. say, hey, man, are you still working out? Like, you better – yeah, and, and I, I guess it's I guess too. To my, call. I guess my question too was also uh, part B: Will Andy Reid have to sort of um, use all his offensive firepower, mm. uh, allow for more schemes, or is he going to hold back? And will Spagnola hold back, knowing that the matchup is next week, right, or another matchup next week? How much are we going to see? Like, what percentage, you know, of the Chiefs' offense or defense? Will we see with those matchups? Mm. That's a good question. Right. That's that's and that's the it's almost a rhetorical yeah. question, right? Because yeah. it's almost you don't know. Like, is it like okay, we're up by twenty-one in the third quarter? Yeah. You know, can we just we we tighten the playbook or shoot? Are we down? Or we have to open up the playbook and you know bring out some of those plays? So that'll be the curious factor. Well, traditionally, Andy Reid's playbook is pretty open week one. Um, he'll, he'll run a lot of things. And, and Max Ramsey asked this question earlier. I'll throw it up on the screen here about, do you think the four tight end sets will make an appearance in week one? I mean, it could if they have to, but I don't think if they don't have to, it, it won't be there. Uh, and I, Andy Reid's good about holding things back, and he's also good about throwing things out there people haven't seen yet. Um, I know there was some play going around. I think Oklahoma might have ran it. Uh, on Saturday, and people are like, okay, Andy Reid's going to run this play later this season because uh, he's he's got he's got eyes everywhere looking at everything. But I think that it's going to be one of those is as the game progresses. Okay, are are the Chiefs in commanding fashion? Yep, you're going to see a lot of inside zone. You're going to see a lot of uh, guard tackle traps. So it's just going to be one of those things. Maybe we're going to see like those it. four tight ends and they just line up to Miles Garrett's side and just yeah. try to like knock him out of the game and just try to be physical with him rather yeah. than letting him pin his ear back. Maybe they use the four tight ends. I originally started shaking my head when you brought that up thinking, you know, whether it's Jody Fortson, one of these, one of those tight ends won't be active on game day. But if you're going to face a team in which you are going to run a four tight end package, it would be somebody that's got a guy like Miles Garrett right. where you just put so many dudes over there that he just gets caught up in the noise and the traffic. And you say, you know what? We might lose, but it ain't going to be because that guy comes out and and just wrecks the game. You know, I think honestly, if, if I'm Andy Reid, I will sure as hell run a four tight end set because guess what? Now you're making every team that plays you from week two on out, they're going to have to specialize a yeah. little part of practice just yeah. to combat that four look. They're going to say, look, we've got it out here. We're going to put this into the ether and we're going to make you make you waste time during your practice it's work week to, to strategize, right? And that's more things you have to work on when you battle this Chiefs. It's like, crap, now we got to worry about Tyreek and, and CEH and this O-line and then a damn four tight end set. It's, it'd be smart. I'm going to say this and I don't want to insult Tucker because I know you coach high school football, but it's like those freaking teams that do the swinging great crap yep. on, yes. on extra points yep. and you only do it to waste teams time during practice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't do this crap. Don't do this. Stuff. Yes. This is stupid. But you could do a lot with that tight end set. I mean, that's a really, it could be a whole new yeah. thing. I mean, I think the Patriots yeah. had it down with uh, Hernandez and Gronk with two, two really physical tight ends and you get four. Sheesh, as the kids say. Oh, God. Oh, my, oh, go. my God. All right, Tucker, what do you got for uh, Blind Note? We'll go to you next. Uh, this might be – I always struggle with this, right? It seems like I ask questions that are yes or no questions. Um, but I think that we could really expand on this because, you know, Tyron Matthew, not 
not looking like he's likely going to play. Now, listen, it wouldn't surprise me if on game day, all of a sudden, Tyron Matthews shows up with two negative tests. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to play. Or they're just like BSing it the whole time, making making uh, Cleveland think that he's not going to play, do a little, uh, little faux thing. But what do you think limits the Chiefs when they don't have Tyron Matthew? I think that I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, okay. Uh, what do they do now? Who is going to be that safety? What can they do with that safety that's in there? So I want I want to know what your guys' thoughts with the defense without Tyron Matthew and Willie Gay. For me, real quick, I think simply you just you lose the ability to disguise what you're doing. Yeah. I think you lose that uh, that trickiness, that that ability that that Tyron just freelances a lot of times. Like you see those plays of him taking all the different routes away and his instincts and the game, the chess match within the chess match and those kinds of things where I think you lose that, that next level thinking on the defense where he and Baker Mayfield are going back and forth where Baker is having to actively worry about Tyron knowing exactly, you know, one of the three things he's going to do based on this down and distance, yeah. where the splits are with the receivers, like Tyron knows what's going on. And you put somebody else out there who's maybe not quite, quite as versatile playing all those snaps in the slot, lining up at safety, lining them up, lining them up off the edge. Uh, you can do that with him because he's so versatile and can do so many different things. You take him off that field, whoever goes out there isn't quite as versatile, which means you can't quite disguise or get as creative so i think you lose that side of it and when you're going up against a quarterback like baker mayfield that even though he's had some starts still a younger quarterback where a guy like tyron matthew can get the best of him sure. um, i don't know if you're going to get that with a legerious need or rashad fenton Sorensen, whoever you know different guys for the different roles that, that matthew does all of them for you know, I, I think the main thing when you look at a good guy like Matthew, who is the unquestioned heart and soul of this Chiefs defense, he is a field general, right? So, like, like to BJ's point, he's doing all the subtle nuances, and and football isn't about knowing the playbook. Everybody knows the playbook. It's it's what you do with with your the play call, and then they give you this look, and then they and then they shift a the guy in, so it changes up the routes, and you have to make those subtle variations on. At the, at the drop of a hat, you know, you have to make those changes, you know, a quick, quick reaction. And he's got presence and confidence, right? If you're a quarterback looking at that back four, if you're lo looking at your, your areas you're going to throw to, you go, oh, shoot, there's Matthew. It's going to, he's going to yeah. be in the back of your mind. He's going to be in the back of your mind every throw. Like, okay, I'm not trying to get the ball near that guy, or I'm not trying to set my guys up that way. And just basic heart and fire of this defense, you know, he's that motivator. You know, if you've ever seen the clip of uh, of Matthew during the Super Bowl, that guy was going crazy on the sidelines, mm -hmm. crazy, just just mm -hmm. getting everyone revved up, getting everyone hyped up, and and that's what you need, man. You need those fire starters to get you hyped up in that fourth quarter. You know, to give you that little bit of extra boost that'll help you win your one on one battle. Yeah, I think you could see a lot more Watton Thornhill than than we anticipated. Um, that could also be something. I think Armani Watts is the other guy. Uh, that could be it. Who's been in the system for a while? So uh, we were talking about that in the in the DMs for a little bit with Craig, and I, I think in the KCSN in DMs, and he mentioned you know Chris Lamons maybe. Uh, there's a bunch of different options you can go with. Rashad Fitton, I think. Uh, is an option that you immediately go with in the slot. Listen, I think that Rashad Fitton is a fine slot corner. Um, I think that he does yep. a fine job in the slot. But Tyron Matthew also adds that <laughs> slot ability that's just really good. Um, and I think that once you have a guy like Fitton and Matthew on the field at the same time, you can free up kind of Matthew to be that like, rover type, right? He can do whatever he wants to do or what he sees fit. Um, now, Tyron Matthew will he play or not? I don't know. I think he, the vaccinated rule is two tests in 24 hours um, if you're a close contact. So it's going to be a it'll be a quick turnaround at this point. Um, so <laughs> that's that's kind of what I think everyone's keeping their eye on. And obviously the offensive line's a big story, but I think that this is kind of this is almost taking a little bit of pressure off the offensive line. But the storyline being okay, will Tyron Matthew play? Is this a is this a 4D chess game by Tyron Matthew saying I'm gonna get COVID so the offensive line has left pressure? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't that's the kind of guy he is. He is. I wouldn't I'd rather him get it now than later, but if if he has to get it at all, but that's just those are the things conversations you just don't want to have. Yeah, right. Um yeah. 
But all right, let's go into the last segment for Blind Nil here uh, as we wrap up this live edition, the first live edition of Outside the Trenches. Again, everybody who's listening, please make sure that you click that subscribe button in the corner if you're watching on YouTube, uh, wherever you're at. Make sure you're following, subscribing. And please, uh, if you're listening um, to this you know, the next day and not watching us live and you're listening on Apple or Spotify, whatever it is, uh, we'd really appreciate you going and leaving uh, a subscribe leaving a review and letting us know what you think. Uh, we realize if we don't ask you to leave reviews, most people don't uh, go write nice things on the internet. So um, if you like what you're, if you like the content, you like what we're doing, please uh, leave a review and let people know because that stuff does matter. Um, but my final blind nail question, and it'll be different perspectives for all of us uh, because we're all, all coming at it from a different way, but I want to know your best and your worst week one memory. When it comes to the Chiefs, and it could be recent, Tucker, it could be when you were a kid. Nick, it could be as a fan or as a player. I don't care what it is. And I will go first to give you guys a little bit of time because my best week one memory was Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starter. Like that touchdown he threw to uh, Anthony Sherman. Like the, the Tyree Kill one got everybody started. But when he dropped that dime on that like seam route to Anthony Sherman – like then you knew like, holy cow, this thing is really legit. And I'll never forget that uh, being out there in Carson, California at the soccer stadium, watching the chargers play a home game uh, for the chiefs. And then uh, my worst memory was talking to Mike DeVito about it earlier today on 21 questions was 2014. I had just been hired by the chiefs week one, we get smoked by the Titans and Derek Johnson and, Mike DeVito both leave within like two minutes with season ending Achilles injuries. And I was seriously contemplating whether I was going to get fired because I was bad luck because two of the players on a season, they thought they were going to be pretty good. Uh, we're lost for the season right off the bat. Um, but that's, uh, that's what I got. Nick, what is your, we'll start with your best week so, one memory ever. Um, I, I would have to say best would be definitely the, uh, was, was San Francisco. Was that Mahomes' first start? No, that no, was that was like a week three. Right? Third, I think week it was three. his third or fourth start. Yeah. Okay, then I can't I can't say that one. Then I would say I would say would be best and worst. I'd have to say would be last year. Uh, last year I got the opportunity to go. It was Houston, right? Was that last year? Because that feels like ten years yeah. ago, by the way. <laughs> And, and I just I normally I, I don't like going to games just because I like to watch it at my house. Uh, I like to be in my own little space, I like to drink my bourbon and take my notes. And I wanted to go like a buddy of mine asked me on Saturday. He was like, hey, you know, I got tickets. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And it was just interesting to see the the, the protocols, like all, all the protocols that, that were in place for, for COVID and for the games and how they blocked off stadiums. So it almost felt eerie. Like they had, you know, sections blocked off. You couldn't cross lines. So that would be like a, like a best, like a, almost like a, a bad memory. What was that and everything we had to do. And then fast forward to this week one, we're going to. I think we lost Nick Tucker. So. Nick Tucker, do I have you? Yeah. All right. Am I back now? There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. So you and then, in, if anybody <laughs> wants to know what just happened, go watch the YouTube. We're about 45 minutes in because Nick paused at the best moment. So that was great. We're not editing that out. Nope. That was great. Yeah. So, and, and then, so I, I think it was just, you know, one of the sign of the times that, you know, we're, we're trying to get through things and, and, and this will be the, the best one is that, you know, the vaccinations out, you know, however you want to take that. I don't really give a shit how you feel about that if you're listening to this. Um, and it's just going to be a, a step to normalcy. And it's like one of those things when I was in New Orleans and we won the Super Bowl and it helped the people of New Orleans get over that hump of yeah. Katrina. I, I'm hoping this NFL season will, will help us sort of, you know, come together with our various sports tribes and, and you know, kind of kind of get back to back to not not what it was, but just, just have something else to focus on, you know, something to distract us a little bit and to bring us fun and bring joy into our lives through sports entertainment. Yeah. I like that. I think that the, I mean, I can't think of any worse week one memories, a good week one memory that I, I, I think this is week one. You might have to correct me, but the Alex Smith overtime touchdown run uh, against the chargers. That was week one. I believe yes. um, that, yeah. that was, that was an all time moment. I think just the picture that they got of Alex Smith after just yelling all time picture um, in chiefs history. That was a moment that stuck out to me. Um, last year's week one was a good memory for me because that was my, that was my first uh, game covering the NFL as, as a reporter. 
um, with Sports Illustrated. So that was that was a good memory for me. I, I man, I can't really remember any any bad memories though, and I guess that's a good thing. Um, uh, I've had a good week. One You're so young. I am. I really so am. Young. Hasn't been jaded yeah. yet by the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no youngins don't know the struggle. It's, I'm not a, he, a a huge Chiefs historian either. Um, so I mean, I don't know all the records and the history. Well, not all of the history. I know some of the history, but yeah, I, <laughs> I those are the only two that that really come to my mind. All right. That's not bad. That's not bad for this edition of Blind Nil. And guys, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but we're going to wrap up this show. And we talk about like people coming together. And I know the the anniversary of September 11th is coming up. And I got to watching and I saw Stephen St. John put it out on social media. I saw a few people talk about the documentary called Turning Point on Netflix. Started watching it late last night you don't realize that people at a certain age and maybe this is going to sound really naive and, and I apologize it's come across that way, but it's almost like you, you understand how people of a different generation feel about some of the, the marquee events that happened at different places around the country, whatever it's Vietnam or world war, like whatever the wars are, it, there's certain things that are just during a very important time in your lives. And like, I was, you know, a freshman in college during nine 11. And so when I was watching that documentary, like it physically like affected me in a way that like sh- shook me because I didn't realize how like fundamental that was to all of us that are around that age, uh, that remember like watching it happen live and like going to class and being in that environment, like just crazy. Um, but the one thing I'll say, and sorry to sound preachy, but the one thing that stood out to me more than anything besides needing the reminder about what flight 93 was and all of that is that 403 four first responders passed away a majority of being firefighters that it's crazy we live in a country and is it's humbling that we live in a country of 403 people with the drop of a hat ran towards danger um and we'd all like to say that we'd react that way in that moment but those people literally worked to put themselves in those situations and didn't blink in a time the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of the world with first responders uh crazy to think about and it's humbling when you get the reminder so anyway if you're listening and it sounds interesting at all it's a phenomenal start to the document i haven't finished it yet uh, not a political thing uh it doesn't really go down that route in a way that it stands out to me as going to be divisive in that way so if you're immediately triggered don't worry about it in that regard um but it is it is humbling um to watch yeah i've heard really good things about it my girlfriend actually tara just just watched it and recommended it to me i guess it divulges a lot into all angles of it from uh the afghanistan side to the fbi to the cia to the first responders to the white house everything it's just a bunch of perspectives into one and, and coming from from someone who was three years old at the time like i do remember seeing it on tv but I was I was a small child, so I mean I don't remember a whole lot of it. So getting things like this from the Gen Z perspective is good. Yeah. So anyway, we appreciate everybody for listening to this episode of Outside the Trenches. Again, we will be live every Thursday moving forward at six thirty. And again, don't forget head over to kcsn.substack.com tomorrow or check our social media channels. You'll see the game preview, mega article, mega breakdown presented by our good friends, our new good friends at Tickets for Less, and you'll get that discount code KCSN21 inside of there. And obviously, thanks to Jack Stack Barbecue for everything they do and making not just Outside the Trenches possible, but all of KC Sports Network, if you know the history of what we're doing. Again, appreciate everybody for listening. If you love us, go tell everybody on social media. If you don't love us, just don't tell anybody anything. Until then, we'll see you guys next week, unless we're going to see you Sunday at the bullpen and bar and grill in Overland Park for the post-game show. Come hang out. Tucker will be there. I will. And that's reason enough to come hang out. We'll see you, Chiefs Kingdom.